We live in a fast-paced world where many people are too busy to sit down and read books or news articles. But thanks to Newsly, you can now listen to the news you wish you had the time to read. By utilizing AI technology, a natural human voice reads you the news, helping you grasp the information faster and more efficiently. Newsly provides the latest news updates 24-7, letting you browse articles from topics you choose. It even has podcasts, including ours. And listeners of Rabbit Holes can get their first 30 days of premium for free, allowing you to enjoy an ad-free experience by using the special promo code in our episode description. So download Newsly today for free on iOS and Android or visit www.newsly.me so you can stay updated on the things that matter to you. Lucky host, Kavika Hoke. With me as always, my amazing counterpart, Sarah Rodriguez, and today's special guest, our first guest, Jonathan Milikizzi. Hi, John. Hi, Sarah. Hey, guys. Aloha. Well, I guess uh, before we get things started here, you know, why don't you just uh, give a little brief to everyone, because I know we're kind of on limited time today. So, um, Jonathan, just a little brief about who you is, who you was, and who you want to be. And and then we're going to skip on into the funness of the news, because I know you've got a lot of interesting things to say about our topics today. Oh, man, who I is, how, who, who I was, who I want to be, what, where? I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm a screenwriter, um, you know, going to be, want to be movie producer, getting some stuff going out, out here in Maui, uh, been a longtime bartender. I, I, I just... Am I just am got a got a cool little family here. Love Maui. Been out here for about twenty one years from L A. Originally, um, yeah, man, I got issues. <laughs> don't we? All? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't we all? <laughs> it's good to have you, brother. And I'm sure after today, everybody will want to hear from you again and again. I know I do. That's why we friends. All right, man. So, Woo. um, it's been a crazy week. I think we're just like. I don't know about you folks out there at home, but uh, it's it's a weird week. The economy is going through the roof. 
Um, the world is approaching war. I mean, sheesh. I mean, you're going to be hearing yeah. this Sunday morning, guys, and we're already like, <laughs> the memes, the memes are already gold uncovering this. <laughs> the first thing I saw when, when Russia started their invasion, there's a meme going around of a Ukrainian guy waking up, and it's like when you fall asleep in Ukraine and wake up in Russia. <laughs> and it just, to me, that that's... Yeah, that's the epitome of what's going on right now. Because I, I feel like I've been just blindsided by all of this. But we'll cover that more in a second. So, first, let's let's take a, a look inside of us at America before we go judging other people. So, um, for those of you who may not know... Hey, Sarah, do you know how good the economy is right now? How good is the economy right now? No good. Hey, Jonathan, are you... Cause, see, that's the test, Jonathan. Is what, what most people don't realize is that Sarah's awareness not really her fault not really many americans faults so uh i like to play a game every once in a while go uh how much does sarah know about our government because then we can have a conversation about it uh so jonathan (laughs) how do you feel about our economy right now as a as a homeowner and and a businessman how do you feel about the economy right now well kavika it depends on who you're asking if you're talking about people who now own oil stocks and have been waiting for it, they're stoked because their oil's going through the roof. If you're talking to me as a homeowner who has a now suddenly a million dollar home, but nowhere to go and nowhere to use it, can't sell it because I got nowhere to go because there ain't any inventory on the island, it's pretty effed up. It is pretty effed up. It's mm-hmm. so effed up that yeah. now, folks, Burger King has made an announcement. They're reducing their nugget count. No. Yes, they are. They are. No. Yes. They have announced that they're going to go from 10 nuggets in a meal to 8 nuggets in a meal to counter inflation. And there's more. Wow. There's more. For the same price. Oh, yes. Well, actually, for more. Because they're going to start raising their prices. (laughs) So what's going to happen is, first, you're going to lose two nuggets. And then it's going to go up like 49 cents. Wow. And that, and that, it sounds like when I paid for my vasectomy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Burger King economics yeah. is a lot like a vasectomy. Either way, the man wins in the end. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. And, well, the, the more, um, the part that's like chapping everyone's ass right now about this is the fact that their profit margins are increasing, though. So much like a lot of other businesses here in the country, they're stating that the inflation and the supply chain are getting in the way when the the earnings reports from their company and the weekly earnings calls and investor meetings that are going on, which have to, by law, state the truth about their earnings, are letting us know that there's a huge gap between what they say that this economy is costing them right now and the truth. And the truth is, wow. That's it. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it doesn't that make you mad now, Sarah, <laughs> the more yeah, you learn, not yeah. only are they stealing our nuggets, but they're lying about taking the nuggets too. Welcome, not cool. Welcome to modern capitalism. Cancel Burger King. Yeah. I would, <laughs> I, you know what? I, you know, I like their impossible meat. Like them having the impossible meat contract, and it makes for interesting things. And for once, I want to go to Burger King, but like 
at the end of the day, I was already, like, on a string with them because, like, that whole, like, they had that Chad Hudson contract, and I'm just like, I don't care what anybody thinks about Chad Huddy, but, like, dude's a total doofus, he appropriates black content, and then he even tries to, like, call himself Black King, and then he goes off and becomes Burger King, and, yeah, in a hot minute, he was also, like, kicked off the Burger King contract, because I haven't seen anything new from him, it was very short-lived that you could get, like, a Chad Huddy meal at Burger King. So they're making mm-hmm. a lot of terrible choices anyways. But speaking of yeah. terrible choices, guess who's trying to stop terrible choices? Sarah, let me in on this. You know, I'm going to take let her take a lead from here. Uh, what is this about? I guess Amanda Bynes is now following suit with uh, Brittany, and she's trying to free herself. So I guess we'll start the new hashtag Free Amanda, right? Free Amanda, yeah. So Amanda today, she filed to end her um, conservatorship. And so I don't know if you guys knew why she was under this. Back in 2013, um, she set um, her neighbor's driveway on fire and poured gasoline on her dog. So uh, that's originally why she was put under this. And she is supposed to, it's supposed to be lifted next year around this time. So she's trying to actually get out of it a year early. So what do you guys think about that? I think... That if I would have made as little money as she did on the earnings of Sydney White, I would burn a driveway too. Yeah, but the dog, dude. That was like the last movie she did before she went crazy. It's somewhere between that and like the men in her life and drugs in Hollywood. That's something which was crazy because like I looked up to her. Like we're we're nearly the same age, but I looked up to her because mm-hmm. she was already an active working kid in Hollywood. She was in all that. I yeah. loved all that. That was like the birth of like SNL level sketch too. comedy yeah. for kids. Like, oh my God. Her Ross Perot was better than Dana Carvey's freaking Ross Perot. I just, wow. oh my God. Really? It was so good. Yeah. She really- did this. She did this Ross Perot sketch once where like she, cause she comes out with huge ears. Like, so I'm like, I'm like Dana Carvey who just like, DJ, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, what are we going to do to fix this country? No, no, no. She just skips right over it. She goes with a little bit more of like a nasally annoying old man voice. And then she's got like, uh-huh. it gets to a point to where like, I remember her like hanging lanterns from her big ears. Like they were like specialty earrings just for him or something. But, like, she really, like, she was aware. Like, she was really good. She was up with the time. She was hip with the news. She she knew the business. But I think that's because, like, yeah, she came in. Yeah, the time was really good, yeah. Yeah. And I think with that, like, she already came in pretty grown up to Nickelodeon. Because she didn't want to become, like, mm-hmm. another Miss, Mickey Mouse Club level, like, you know, OD problem. But then, like, her star just wasn't shining as bright anymore. She was getting some also ran life on the D list type of stuff. And it's like, and she was America's girl. But then at the same time, like all of America's other girls were like going trashy and insane. Like I remember the shock that I felt when like, not that I'm against her doing an FHM spread or a Maxim spread. It's just like the idea of like, you would never think of Amanda Brines doing like a Maxim shoot or like, no, I could never see it. Exactly. 
So then, you know, you just, because she just seemed so clean. And I think that that, you know, I, I didn't follow her enough after everything. And when she started breaking down, but it kind of like, it broke my heart to a degree because I was like, you're a kid my age, you've got your shit together. What caused you to lose it and who betrayed you and encouraged you to make those bad decisions? Because we all know she's not a hundred percent at fault here because we've all seen. Oh, no, I going on that we really don't know everything you know and why she basically had an episode mm-hmm. um yeah it's super unfortunate it did seem like she really had it together and since then she has gone back to school to get her a uh, degree in fashion and she's trying to do that so she's showing that she is improving at least you know yeah. if she can get a degree she obviously can you know make it every day in the everyday world but um yeah, I, 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 but the whole gasoline on the dog—that's what gets me. Like, ooh. Yeah, they must. Yeah, no, with this thing, with this thing that she has, that she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Is is that something that I saw? Because I mean, that I mean, obviously explains oh, some of the behavior, but I don't know. That's something I would. I now want to look up if it, if that is the case. If she has like something a diagnosis. You know, or yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at this TMZ article, and it says something like shed shed some light on struggles with mental health, oh, temporary yeah. psychiatric facility. Oh, she went to multiple, you know, that facilities. kind of stuff. And, yeah, that is that, a shame there, though. Um, so final thoughts on that, Jonathan. Amanda Bynes, do we uh, do we give her her life back? Is she ready, dude? I I don't I don't know if she's ready, but I hope she is. I hope she is. And look, this this whole thing with 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 all these people, you know, I mean, I feel so bad for these these child stars because who knows what they go through, the pressure they get from their managers, their agents, their parents, their peers. There's so much crap unloaded on these on these you know kids where they're just trying to have fun, trying to try to you know try to do what they want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so when they can get their crap together, when they can get back out there, they deserve the right to get their lives back. You know? Absolutely. Well, you know, as one person starts losing her crazy, another person has started gaining her crazy. Word on the street is is uh, Tulsi Gabbard is uh, slowly making a roll to the GOP, and uh, she made an appearance uh, at CPAC. Did uh, you hear anything about this, Jonathan? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as residents yeah. of Hawaii, <laughs> um, first... What were your guys' feelings about Tulsi Gabbard? We'll start with Sarah because she probably has the least knowledge on this. So, Sarah, what is your your knowings of of Miss Gabbard? So, I know that she's a Democrat and she's from Hawaii, and that's basically it. That's uh, all I know. Yeah, you know what? And that's how most of the mainland sees her. Um, yes, she is. She is from Hawaii. She also has a uh, Hindi heritage. Um, so she's got, which, which leads to a lot of weird things because like in India, there's still some backward civil rights issues and it obviously carried over from her parents to her because she has now like, it's weird because she was kind of on the, um, the far liberal side of the spectrum before. And it's like, she took a walk through the back door of the spectrum and walked herself from crazy left to crazy right without going back across the center. Jonathan, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. No, I look, yes, I knew her back when I was like, oh, okay, I like some of the stuff she's saying. She's a cool Democrat. Like, she seems to be kind of have a good head on her shoulders. And now it just feels like she's trying to, I don't know, ride that, ride that Sarah Palin train and, and get a little GOP recognition 
maybe get, uh, I don't know, Cecily Strong to do an impersonation of her on Saturday Night Live, get a little bit of that fame and ju- jump on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, I don't know what she's doing. Like, this just doesn't make sense. I can see them bombing like, from in my line. house. <laughs> What's it? No, I'm just it doesn't trying. go in line. It doesn't go in line with anything she said before. So who the hell is she? Yeah. No, and it doesn't. I mean, it's crazy. It's like she got replaced by a pod person because, like, now she's on Twitter, like, screaming that, like, Kamala Harris is uh, an affirmative action hire, and it's like, where did this red state crazy come from? It's like, I'm all for my fair share of the grand old party, but you went straight from the Kool-Aid line to the putting it up your nose and in your toes, dude. Like, she's just, like, she's high on that Marjorie Green Taylor whatever, like, insane stuff. She's, like, I I didn't never expected those two to become buddies. That's like the worst tag team ever. Okay, like ever. Yeah, no, she ever. jumped. She jumped the shark straight into Crazy Town. So now Tulsi's speaking at CPAC. Now Tulsi's like making like uncouth remarks to her party, or what was her party, I guess? Because you know, after after the statement she's made, I mean, it seems pretty obvious that she may try to find herself pushing towards a Republican just so she can get a nom. To maybe be VP, you know. I mean, yeah. Do you think that like maybe this might be part of her tactics? Is that like, oh well, Pencil probably never touched Trump with a ten foot pole. I wonder if uh, he will get reelected. I could be his VP. Yeah, I could take over the world. Yeah, I mean, do you think? Do you think that? Uh, do you think politicians just play the game? Like, okay, this is their job, right? So. Let's say you were uh, a widget manufacturer, right? And you were you were like a manager at a widget manufacturing, you know, factory. And you got you got a, a headhunter comes to you and he's like, "Hey, man, I got these guys and they're making widgets and they'll pay you a little bit more if you just you know jump over to their side, right? You're going to go over there because you're going to take the higher pay. You're going to take the guaranteed money because maybe your widget factory is about to close down and you know that. Well, Trump at one point was talking like he wanted to be Democrat. Right. But then he went full board into, you know, Trump world and then got the GOP nod. And Tulsi was Democrat. Now she's jumping full on there. And it it is. It's kind of like who's waving who's waving the money their way to say, hey, come over, come over our way. Bring what you know, bring your your followers and uh, and we'll support you because we support crazy. Well, I mean, her level of crazy and because of her her service record, I mean, most of her. Most of her hotbed connections are going to be military, DOD contractors, and then it's going to be mm-hmm. international trade because of Hawaii. So, I mean, that does really bring yeah. a lot to the table, if you think about it, especially since Hawaii is predominantly a Democrat-run state, even though it makes terrible Republican decisions. I mean, that's what I've always found funny about, like, whether I live in Hawaii or whether I live in California, it doesn't know its freaking political identity. Because in California, they vote blue, and they live red. And then they obviously want to vote red in Hawaii, but there's no real backbone to the Hawaiian GOP. So it kind of just defaults on this weird Democrat incumbency. And you just have lazy politicians waving the Democrat flag in order to just fit into this old man's game of owning Hawaii as the Democrats. Yeah. Sarah, I, I, you agree with that? <laughs> yeah. Sarah's like, I don't know. So many, so many of this <laughs> over my head, but I get the gist of it. It's like, it's like, um, 
team, right? And he stayed and everyone's fighting over the best ones and we're probably going to give more money to the one, you know, is that kind of like yeah, what's going on, you think? it's totally like LeBron I, going you know, to I'm the wondering if, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's like a little glad handing, you know, like like a little like, hey, you know what? Those guys aren't really doing much for you. Why don't you come over here? We've got some stuff for you. You know, you can help us out. We'll help you out. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's all about money, right? I, I, I could see that happening. Yeah, you know, because, like, the only person I can think of that really, like, does a flip for a reason, it's usually, like, middle-of-the-road guys, like Bernie. Because, like, Bernie's run independent a couple times. But that makes enough sense in, this, in, in, in the factor of, like, he's not getting along with his... Not, it's not that he's betraying his constituency or anything because he's still looking out for the same people he just goes eh I don't like the way the Democrats are going I'm just going to label myself independent this year please still vote for me I'm still looking out for you but I feel like in the case of Tulsi Mm -hmm. it's like "Mm, I know where the bread's buttered let's go that way she knows how to get on dancing with the stars that's what it's all about really she totally got the look well, I mean, she's really working on her Sarah Palin-like smile that goes beyond your face. Like, they might as well just, like, put yeah. clamps in there and open it. Like, and it's funny because, like, I don't think I've ever seen her this genuinely smile this much ever. So it's like, they were like, hey, you want to come to Team Evil? And then, like, the real smile came out of her face. She's like, boy, do I! So I just, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's It's almost like the Democrats shit on her so much for the past decade that they, we were just getting, like, phoning it in, Tulsi. And then, like, the GOP was like, we've got cookies. And, you know, and she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't even want cookies. I just wanted respect. But you're going to give me cookies and respect and a podium at CPAC? Let's do this. I'll think about going to play for the for the other team. Wait a minute. GOP has cookies? Oh yeah, dude. How do you think? How do you think we coerce people into voting for us? We 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 come to your local uh, abandoned uh, get together joint, a uh, a bowling alley or an empty bar. Uh, we put out cookies. We introduce you to a congressional candidate who's carpet bagging from the East Coast, and then in a matter of a few word salads, you're voting Republican. Oh crap! That's what the Girl Scouts are all about. Then. Yep. Their secret. That's the secret agenda. We're gonna get thin mints, one thin oh, minute at a time. You go. Yep, that's right. That's right. Yep. Between that, it's and, all making sense. Yep, it's, it's all, all coming together. It's now. all coming together. Between Start the, early with those thin mints. That's right. It's the cookies and the gerrymandering and the ruining voter laws and access to voting. But it's really all the last ones. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll take the cookies. I'll take the cookies. Wouldn't we all? Is there Kool-Aid along with that cookie? Uh, you know, speaking of Kool-Aid... <laughs> it down. Speaking of Kool-Aid, there is a lot of Kool-Aid going on around oh, yeah. right now. So, like, uh, it's one thing that Tulsi's, like, doing this this flip, but it's a whole other thing that uh, we're we're reaching a bigger tension point as we, as you know, with, with Ukraine and Russia and America at large is, like, split. And we're still also facing COVID and the end of the pandemic. I mean, most, most of the states, I mean, L.A. this week lifted it. Most of the country is going to lift it by the end of February. So we're kind of forcing ourselves to just pick ourselves up and, and try to go back to as normal as normal can. But in the midst of all this, there are still people that 
are thinking that their world is over and they have to fight for something. And uh, it now turns out that um, there were some domestic terrorists out of Ohio. Uh, They recently pleaded guilty. So for all you listening out there, before I even go into this, yes, they were guilty. Yes, they're domestic terrorists. And yes, they're a terrible representation of of the Republican Party because that's not the party I signed up for. And uh, yet we shouldn't be the party of terrorists. So I, I fully stand against that. But what's crazy is the fact of how much work they put into this, how well it was planned before, like, the FBI noticed and, like, started tracking them down. But luckily it was, like, really stopped before it could go anywhere. But these nut jobs thought that they could literally just break out their AR-15s and a couple small frag grenades that they made at home and then just start shooting up power plants. Wow. Yeah. And after all of the details were unveiled by the... the Yeah, so, they, yeah, they were literally fighting the power, and not in a fun way. And um, <laughs> when, when right asked... No, the right way. Yeah. <laughs> so when they were asked in the deposition, like, well, what's the whole intent of this? Now, now that you pled guilty, what's the intent of this? And they are like, race war. And it's like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? Like, how many times does race war come up as, like, that's what's going to happen. There's going to be a civil war, and it's going to turn into a race war. It's like... It's like white Americans have this hard-on to have an excuse to go lynching again. Like, I was at a bunco party. Like, men normally don't show up at bunco, but I had some roommates, and I had to go home, and then they're like, oh, we're having a bunco party. And I was like, oh, ladies, hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, I know what bunco is. I'm just grabbing my stuff and getting out. And my roommate was like, oh, you know, you should talk to these ladies. They're, like, totally politically oriented, and I look at the room, and I already gauge, well, half of you are really, really right-wing, and I can tell a couple of you are woke, and one of you might be too woke for your own good. And then, I kid you not, both sides of the table, really nice, buxom, older, little black lady, and very, very liberal soul about her, very nice, very genial person, and then we had this more, like, southern woman across the table, and both of them. Like, they, they turn to me, and they're like, so what do you think is going on with the nation? Well, I think we're going to do this, and we're going to have to fight through this, and it's going to be really hard with Trump upon this. And then not even, like, a hot second after I'm done talking, they're both, like, staring each other down. They're like, it's going to be a race war. And I'm like, how did you guys just, like, read each other's mind and decide, like, black lady to white lady through psychic, psychic communication? We're just going to make the decision for all black ladies and white ladies everywhere. Race war. And it's just, and it's to the point to where, like, the alt-right is so heavy in this idea of a race war is necessary that people on the left just have to be prepared for it. It's not that she was, like, some militant BLM lady. I mean, she was just some run-of-the-mill, like, 40-something woman who plays bunko with her friends on the weekend. We're not talking political leaders here, folks. But for her to come to the conclusion that, like, well, I gotta prepare for the race war because all my white friends just want a race war, you know? But then it immediately, the second that it goes to race war, the white apologist happens, and then it's like, but I wouldn't kill you! And then it's like, wait a minute, why do you even have to bring up the I would... uh, Wouldn't that be inferred by the fact that you could fucking play Bunko together? So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I know it's, can't we, can't we, but I I think that, like, I mean, this is a hard thing to discuss sometimes to think that there's, there's domestic terrorists in our country, that there's terrorists in, in the political party that, like, I grew up and, and tried to stay in love with disparagingly, 
but it's it's what saddens me more is less and less are we labeling them domestic terrorists because we're afraid you know there's somewhere within with within the conservatorship of the 1% and the people at the top of the politics food chain e.g. white old dudes who have been in office for way too long and their immediate response ah those aren't <laughs> terrorists and it's like but but they are they did terrorist things like why can't we call them terrorists but they they're not going to outrightly say ah because they're my boys you know and it's crazy because like BLM like mowed down one store and they're like they're all terrorists and it's like Kyle Rittenhouse kills two people in cold blood walks out of court and starts laughing and they're like that's not a terrorist that's an american hero and it's like and if we hadn't gotten that conviction on those guys for Ahmed Arbery i think it would be open season right now i really do and i think that's half the reason why those guys are serving time because the prosecution on the rittenhouse trial fucked up so they had to like at, at the end of it i think yeah. like even the judges are like dude if we don't fry these honkies uh there's going to be a race war <laughs> Yeah, I mean, terrible, terrible analogy, but it's like it's like in football when they make a when they miss a call or they make a bad call, and then you know two plays later they're all of a sudden you know making a penalty call that never existed because they're like, oh, we got to make up for that bad bad miss. It's 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 terrible, but you know, I think what you're hitting on, if I can, is there's a false perception or maybe just a, a misunder you know, a, a misguided perception on both extremes of both sides, right? And it's. It's going to be, you know, one side is going to be always them. And on the other side, it's going to be no, always them. Mm -hmm. And it's really tough right now for us to get that middle conversation, looking at the specific moments and specific situations and specific, specific events without all, without pre-labeling it before we even go into it. Mm -hmm. Right. With this terrorism, you know, situation, look, I mean, that was pretty obvious, right? Three dudes got arrested, they admitted what they were going to do. That's that's textbook terrorism. They said what they were going to do was a terroristic a, a, you know, act. You can't defend that as not terrorist yeah, because they're white, right? No, I, 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 I get what you're throwing down. And you know what the funny part is, is like, I'm not even going to defend Biden on this. I'm usually like the first, like, first person to step out and go, you know what, Biden's dealing with a lot. He's facing a lot of things. But at the same time, it's like he has the ability to call a duck a duck. You know, like yeah. Obama had the testicles to constantly go after gun makers anytime he would just be like, today, Americans, we faced another hard school shooting and we really need to talk about gun reform. And then everybody like, kill him, kill him. He's trying to take your guns away. Race war. And, you know, and then just like America would just like throw Obama under the bus for saying a sensible thing. And I think Biden learned mm -hmm. from that. And has a little PTSD, and he's like, hmm, if I say that, that's a trigger word for the GOP snowflakes, they might come for me, you know? <laughs> so I think he steps away from it because he needs to be able to play across the line, especially since I don't think he's going to have a shot in hell after the next midterms. And I really think the only thing going in the direction of his incumbency right now is how long we spend at war with Russia. And I think we'll, right. we'll, we'll cover more of these topics as as the year goes on. We'll probably talk more about domestic terrorism as it props up. There's a lot more instances of it happening every day. It's a scary number. The other number that's scaring me is how much we're going back to the norm of school shootings and unnecessary cop shootings. I mean, that was the craziest thing to think about with COVID. People of color felt happy 
going into their houses for a year because that means their children were safe. I mean, we were at a point to where it was like one black dude a week was getting shot for no damn reason, you know? And it's like, and people pull the whole like, yeah, but he, he's a criminal and he should have known better. And it's like, no, dude, because Solomon Bundy can hold up half of Oregon with a gun and block a freeway for weeks and we're like, oh, give him a chance. He's just a farmer being tried by the times and he's it's, it's so hard for him. And then it's like three black kids walk into a store to loot it because someone got shot to death as a way of protest. And like, ah, fry him in hell. It's, they're terrorists. And it's like, America has no, no real designation for what is bad because it's so lopsided on who serves time for what, you know? It's what's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's the U.S., right? It's, yeah. Our threat assessment and, 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 you know, we, we do, our, our, our rules or our leaders you know, in a lot of situations are still led by manifest destiny. They still think that their Christian white is right. Mm. And that's, that's the judgment that's laid on in any situation before anything is even, you know, any evidence is even presented. Mm-mm-mm. You know, no, I think, I think you hit that it there. I really think you hit it there. And, uh, that's about all the time that we got for this subject. We're going to take a break here, folks, for a little, uh, commercial, uh, well, and when we come back, we're going to talk about our main subject. Hopefully, uh, we've got enough time to hold on to Jonathan for most of it, but he may dip out folks. And then Sarah and I'll continue on and close out for the evening. So enjoy this commercial break and we'll see you in a bit. Moving forward. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your Social Security number or other personal information and tell you that your Social Security number had been used in connection with a crime? Did you feel worried that your Social Security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you. Demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they're hard to trace. Don't be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. All right, guys, we are back from the commercial break. Uh, yeah, you know, we talked some heavy stuff there in the first segment. You know, I'm I'm actually more disappointed in the chicken nuggets than the domestic terrorists because you can count on domestic terrorism in America. Um, better than you can count on Burger King, I guess. So, <laughs> at least they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. But speaking of crazy people in the Midwest, we have a growing phenomenon going on. I guess, well, it's been growing for a while, and then I just keep finding out more crazy things every day. This is going to become, like, the next Nexium and Twin Flames Universe. For those of you guys... Don't know what it is, or maybe people going, oh my god, he's going to bag on them. Those guys are so great. Well, guess what, guys? They're not great. They're a crazy cult. 
and they need to be stopped. And, you know, I'm going to stop right there and go, hey, guys, what have you found in your journey of, of discovering this, this Twin Flames monstrosity out of Michigan? Sarah? Jonathan, why don't you go first? Because uh, you got to get going soon. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, Jonathan's got to get going here in a bit. So we're going to let him data dump and get his point across. And then Sarah and I are going to yeah. go to town on this for a little while. Yeah, Jonathan, go for it, brother. Man, you know, I don't even know where to start with these guys. So so I, I did a little dive, and I wanted to start with their early stuff, right? So I went to their early YouTube videos, which don't watch their videos, don't give them the views, don't waste, don't waste your time or, or give them any credit they don't deserve. So their early stuff, though, it's just like this little couple, and they're just finding love, and they just want you to find love too, right? That sounds great. And they want you to be confident and strong in yourself. And that's cool too. Like you should, right? Like I always said, you should know yourself before you ever get into a relationship because if you don't know yourself, you're not going to need a relationship, right? That's standard logic for relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, But first of all, when you start charging people a few grand to give them guidance on how to be confident with yourself to find your twin flame, like that's a little sus right there. But then when you start gaslighting these people and you're thinking that every single thing that's wrong in their relationship is because of them and not because maybe the other person or maybe the other person is not right for them, but instead putting it on you. And so you just keep on paying them more money to keep making you feel bad about your faults or your, ha- your difficulties in your relationship. That's even worse. Then, on top of that, when they make you stalk your twin flame, your, your, your chosen one, right? They start telling you, no, no, don't worry. If you truly love that person, that one's right for you. You have to go out and get them. Like, okay, now you're putting people in, in risk of like, you're, you're going to get restricting orders against you. You're going to get put in jail. You're going to be labeled crazy. Like, they're giving the worst like relationship advice possible at the highest price possible, your money, your time, and your, your personal worth. These guys are just batshit crazy. And they, they, they're charlatans and they need to go away. And the guy cannot be calling himself master Christ. Yeah. Master Christ, you know, master and mother Christ, otherwise known as Jeff and Shalia, which I don't even know if Shalia is her real name, but, uh, so interesting thing. <laughs> is that really your name? No, it's it's not. My name is Moonbeam. Yeah, sure it is, honey. Go back to work, Susan. You're crazy. Uh, so what yeah, I think I... is even crazier about this, and I don't know if you guys know this or found this in your journey of uh, Twin Flames Discovery, is I learned from listening to another show from uh, a uh, his best friend would like had a lot of shit to say about him. His 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 school chum got interviewed on this show recently. Yeah. And um it turns out that and this I'm gonna drop this bomb right here. This is the reason why I'm so caught up in this, because I feel it's our responsibility as uh the community of Hawaii to kind of see what we can do to help fight this because Whatever he put together and learned to take to Michigan and start this thing, he learned it in Hawaii. Wait, what? 
Yes. Yeah. He ran away I from Michigan. Yeah. No, he's not from Hawaii. He's a Michigander, so he's your problem, Sarah. But... <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so he went, he came here, he picked up on all that hippie oh, stuff so in my coup. It gets weirder than that. Back, it gets weirder than that. So religious twist. It's weirder than that. What? He used to have his life together. He was going to college, then decided to throw it all away, went to California, became an ad marketing specialist, kind of killed at that, but uh. then for some reason, something compelled him to just, like, throw everything away and run away to Hawaii. I'm sure it had something to do with the fact that the misnomer that every little mainland white kid tells themselves is, did you know that if you just go squat on a beach in Hawaii, you can live there forever? Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that that's not the case, and that's a Kanaka law, and they need to get the fuck off. So, <laughs> no, yeah. don't. And so then, <laughs> so then he took that that little that little misconstrued nugget and decided he could go run off. I don't know where he stay when he came out here, and but it sounds like he stayed somewhere in the woods somewhere. I- and that he built some little homaging house and stayed stayed out past the banana trees. But then along the way, he ran into Shalia. So both of them came out here. They both escaped the mainland. And then they run into the weird pagan crystal bitch, like fifth dimension, third eye transcendence, but doesn't know what they're talking about crowd. <laughs> Which I have a huge bone to pick with that. And I don't know, like, who I'm going to piss off with that and why, because it's probably going to be the more sensational thing that I talk about is my disdain for it, because I am a walking contradiction being an atheist Republican who was raised Catholic. So, like, even the log cabin oh, wow. Republicans don't know. What to, oh, yes, very. I am very happy. I thought I had atheist. No, yeah, no, I do not. <laughs> I do not believe in men in the sky. I do not believe in ancient gods, but I think they're really cool stories. Uh, I do not believe in unlocking your third eye i do not know i believe it all can either be explained by science or will eventually be explained by a cosmic event our time on earth is finite and we need to use it to the best of our advantage and that is the reason to appreciate life is that the science and the facts give us the comfort to appreciate it not some endearing need to make some god the father happy so that way we live better in a life that we won't experience like i i think it's like a dumb gamble to concentrate on like the living for an afterlife when you should be living for now and i find more and more that as christianity's kind of taken a fall in america like i don't believe in christianity but i gotta say like the christians should probably get their act together so that way people stop running off to weird ass religions like this or cults like this and maybe they just stick around with jesus like (laughs) i totally believe that some people need jesus in their life and and not crazy stuff like this and that's totally okay what we believe is what gets us through the day and what i believe may not be what you believe but i'm sure we can agree somewhere in the middle people who betray the greater ideals of a religion or an idealism and then use it for personal financial or manipulative gain those people are the real problem and not the thought stream itself. Yes, sir. And I, I think he brought some of that out with him already. I don't think he, I don't think he found all of that out here. I, th- I think he brought some of that with him already. 
Oh yeah, abs- absolutely. Well, when, and he, the... when I say out here, I mean, I mean, when he when he did his little his little retreat in into the woods of, of Hawaii. But what, hey, real quick on one of the things I want to throw in there. One of the things in that because I listened to that interview with with his friend. Yeah. And one of the things that tripped me out was when he went to go see his friend one time, and the dude was so Jeff, right? The yeah. the, the 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 master the master of Christ, yeah. um, baby Jesus, um, baby Jesus. He uh he he was listening to a headphone to to um to like a what was it like um I don't know I was, I was gonna say the uh, uh, Warren Buffett he was listening to Warren Buffett yeah and he's like you gotta listen to this guy this guy's like like a financial wizard this guy's like like a multimillionaire like don't don't well, you know he's how attracted to all those and terrible I think people. that obsession with money fed directly into his choice to start a cult well you know he worships mm-hmm. Keith Raniere. He worships Keith Raniere, the guy who invented Nexium. You know, the guy who's now serving 120 oh, yeah. years in jail for like scribbling his name on women with a soldering iron and and making himself like their god more or less through self help exercises mm-hmm. and uh, eight hundred dollars a month. <laughs> and so uh, it turns out, like in an interview with uh, with a young woman who fled. And she was actually being interviewed by people who escaped Nexium. She told them that at one point in time, Jeff made the members of the cult research Nexium and then write an essay as to why he's not Keith. But then he would turn to them and go, Oh, I took that from Keith. I took that from Keith. And isn't that a gem? I got that from Nexium. That's why we do that like that. And so, like, he boldly lies on one end and then boldly tells the truth, just like Trump does, and then just doubles down on the other. I was evil. just going to say, this reminds me of somebody. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the gaslighting tactic of these types of people. They're, they're charlatans. They're manipulators. They give you just enough of what you want, and then they leave you high and dry. Speaking of leaving us high and dry, I uh, I, I think it's about that time for uh, Mr. Millikidzi to be on his way. So, John, I'd like to thank you for coming out as our first guest today. And uh, yes, hope to John. have you on again. I'm really sad that you couldn't be here longer. Maybe we'll just start the interview time a little early just for you, bro. But do you have anything to say to our uh, lovely I, audience I, before you leave? I, first of all, I love that. I'd love to come back. Love to chat some more. This was a blast. Thank you so much for letting me be the first one. Um, also, just want to say that if anybody is you know, looking to see maybe uh, a little bit more about themselves, uh, wanting to find maybe uh, that that right direction in their life if they're looking for a little bit of internal unity as well as maybe a, a, a long-term connection, uh, you know, don't call me. And don't give me any money because I don't want it. Keep the money for yourself and go do something fun and just go have a good time. Don't listen to these charlatans. Yeah. I love you guys. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was great to finally meet you. And uh, yeah, I'm going to leave it on that note because I get to just sit here and have fun and keep chatting. But uh, yeah, these are good topics. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jonathan. Jonathan Millikidzi, everyone. You can find him on Twitter most days, being the bane of everyone's existence, at Films Graphic. Or you can follow him on Instagram and Facebook at Graphic Films. That's G-R-A-F-I-K Films. Awesome. So, we're going to keep rolling along here. Uh, Farewell, Jonathan. It was fun. I wish we could talk more with him. But, so, Sarah, 
Yeah. Sarah, 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 Sarah. Before we go deeper down oh, this, I, I, I kind of I kind of think I took a little bit of a change in on John, but I kind of want to backstep a little here because you you are a you are a very health and wellness oriented person and there are some of these things that cross over from these crazy people Absolutely. that are actually like yeah, that actually like have like usefulness in your health and spirituality. So like so from the perspective of someone who is like transcendentally minded and trying to like raise themselves higher not that i consider like and by the way let me put a preface on this anytime i talk about these things with you or with other people even though i am a man of science i am excited at the zeal people can have for their belief and so long as it serves a good Mm -hmm. need i believe in them absolutely you know and that was the biggest thing for me growing up as a kid you know i i i was this grandson of a catholic man and went to Sunday school. I took the Eucharist. I know my prayers. I know my rosary. I know every way from Sunday to respect Miss Mary. And I also know, like, practically all of my saints. Like, I can I can give you the stories. Like, I know the good book. And I know how good it can be. Um, but, quite frankly, I'm, as a man of science, I do lovingly respect the people that see it for what it can be. So I may not have mm-hmm. ever enjoyed the company of God in my life, but I enjoyed my grandfather and I always respected his love for that and the way that it guided him to be a good person. You get what I'm throwing down? I know exactly what you're throwing down. I do want to turn you on to some scientists that are actually starting to study a lot of these um, kind of like manifestations and how to use energy work and how there's actually scientific-based studies now so that's an awesome topic that we should definitely go down the rabbit hole in future episodes. But I definitely just wanted to like let's specifically talk about this one because I don't know if our audiences know exactly what a twin flame is. So what a twin flame is in this, you know, whole world of well, I don't know, what do we even call it? Well, so let's let's backtrack from there. So before we go deeper down this hole. I'm going to tell you an interesting story about why I know most of these things are complete hooey. Okay? So I'm not out to break any hearts with this statement. But um, do you remember anything historically about the Holy Wars? About the Crusades? No. Do you know what not, like, not the, not the vast majority the of, of what the Dark Ages and the Crusades were about? Not off the top of my head, no. Making Christianity and Catholicism the one true religion. So in that process, over the course of a couple hundred years, the Catholic Church, in cahoots with kings, queens, debutantes, aristocrats, and people who would later be sainted, it was a long conspiracy running to destroy nearly every old world religion and absorb it. That's why we have Easter. Easter is actually a pagan holiday, Yoster. That's where the the uh, the chocolate and the rabbits come from is because it's literally a sex holiday for procreation. It's an old pagan holiday that would tell you this is the time of year you get it on with your wife. So that way your babies are here before it's too cold and then you can raise them before the snow comes. That's why Easter exists. So case in point, um, nearly like 99% of religion was burned to the ground 
thrown away, those people were killed and butchered, and there were men and women along the way that were sainted for their duty of destroying all those old world religions. Paganism, as an activity, did not return until the 60s, when it was made up by some crazy white lady in California who just said she saw stuff in her dreams. And the crazier part is, is things like these transcendental meditations and seeing through the other side and all these people that say that they've manifested these realities all come from people who are 100% loony bin making it up and then saying that they're sourcing a material that was long lost or something. So it'd be one thing if these people went, I found a new way to reach God. I'd be like, cool, tell me. Let's have a fun time with it. It might not be my, my slice of bread. But, okay, we'll give it a chance. These people, in a lot of cases, are instructing us that there are ancient religions that have been hidden in plain sight with data that we're just not finding ourselves, and you can read between the lines and find it. And that's really what's scaring me about these New Age movements, is that you have people manifesting just a tiny bit off of someone else, and then generating a bigger lie off of that. And then it's just turning it, it's it's a popcorn reading. So someone goes, oh, well, I think this is fifth dimensional unity. And then they talk for like two minutes, and then the other person goes, yeah, but then it has this. It's, it's, it's when you see it in action, it's kind of sickening after a while. At least to me, as, as a person of science that was also raised a person of faith, because I feel that it betrays the truth of faith or this idea that you could communicate with the other side, other beings, or find something spiritually inside of yourself. What I'm confused about in looking at this level of like dimensional perception and like DNA code activation, what just makes me like yawn at it, is that most of these items, when you actually get down to their brass tacks, these are misinterpretations of hard science being redirected into psychological science and then smothered with religion to make you feel like it could be a religion and then they're used as psychological tech tools to rule over and manipulate people and the sadder part is is that for every one good yogi that's out there right now there's 10 assholes in napa valley in california that are turning this into a QAnon twin flames religion you get what i'm throwing down mm-hmm. yeah so from that please go on Okay. Do you want me to explain what a twin flame is? Yeah, go right ahead. Go right ahead, because I, I, okay. I, 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 I've read like six different versions of this now, and it's still not making sense to me. Yes, ours, and that's what makes it so confusing. So it's like, what exactly is the twin flame? And they kind of go back and forth on what it is too. And don't actually like if you listen to some of their YouTube, it's kind of like they go in circles. They well, really they do. don't give information. There's a lot of circular huh? logic in these twin flame gurus. Like I've watched a lot of twin flame gurus now that I like, because these guys aren't the first. They never really get to the point. Yeah, no, they just they kind never. of circle around the topic without actually diving into it, which is super frustrating. But for them, like the twin flame is actually like they think that it's one soul, right? They, you are one soul, a masculine and a feminine. When you come to Earth. The masculine and the feminine is divided, yeah. and through lessons through your life, um, through karmic people that come into your life, you learn lessons, and that ultimately brings you to your twin flame, your other half, 
you are masculine to feminine and all of a sudden you are whole and you are more enlightened and you're made basically a higher being on earth. Mm-hmm. So that is which to me is just really bizarre to even think about, you know, like what there's one person, your soul got divided. So see what you're saying, like that mix of that spirituality to religion is, it's 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 manipulating. They're it using religion to manipulate people, and then also using it to scare them into thinking that if they don't seek God, they're not going to find their twin flame. Exactly. Which also makes it very cold that they're instilling fear into these people, um, which is just it's just insane. It is. And like I said, they go around in circles, and they just are trying to get you basically to be a part of their classes mm-hmm. and to ha- and to be coached. Yep. No, a so good church is never going to ask for money. Like, they might ask you to tithe, but nobody, like, you know, and that's the one thing is, like, I'll stop in every once in a while to my grandparents' parish and just see how it's going. You know, there's good people in there. There's good There's good thoughts. Yeah. There's good vibes. There are great motivations that you can get from it. Like, I'm the first person to tell you what Bible verse to read when you're questioning yourself. But I'm also oddly the mm-hmm. first person to tell you that you don't need that shit in your life because there's a psychological factor you can discover yourself. But we take what we take and we interpret life and existence the way we want to. And some truths are yeah. harder for other people to take in some ways. And some people have to go on a wholly different journey in order to find that peace. And that's cool. And I respect that. And you are free to do that. But what's disheartening about these people is that as it doesn't work for people, they then shame those people. And then they also start yeah. changing the rules. So now, like, I, you know, I, I started looking at some of these other Twin Flames but gurus. Tearing these people down emotionally while claiming to be lifting them up. Because, like, in the videos I did at first, I was like, well, how are they a call? Like, like what Jonathan said, they're saying very nice things. Like, they're saying, you know, you have to love yourself, put yourself first to find, you know, your better half. And really, they're just saying manifestation techniques, right? You, yeah, whatever, no, you these guys are like the Lululemon of cults. But not more love, you're going to get love. So yeah, maybe these people are finding partners, but to claim, because, you know, what happens when you improve yourself and you really start focusing on yourself, you are attractive. You're more attracted to other people. So I could see how they could play into that and be like, see, you found your partner. But to say that that is your twin flame, like the audacity to say that that is the person that you have spent millions and thousands of past lives with and will continue to spend with them. Like, that's a a pretty uh, out there thing to claim to somebody. And then to constantly be getting money from them, claiming that that's the the results, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a nasty little game that they're playing with people. It is. And what's, so what's like, I'm, I'm finding is crazy now is because there's, since there's so many people that have been in it and they're starting to realize they're not getting the results that they want. There are now retconning, retconning the twin flames mythos. So now there's quite a few twin flames gurus that are saying the reason why you might not find your twin flame is because you're not one of the chosen 144,000. Oh. And you know a little bit about that being a Jehovah's Witness, right? To tie in the 144,000, because I remember that back when, because like we've said in in last episode, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Yep. That was a big thing, was 44,000. Yep. 
to tie that in with that is really messed up. Yeah. Too. So well, we really are taking advantage of people that have an upbringing, you know, a religious upbringing and putting this twist on it to scare them into basically taking their money. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's it's very disheartening because then you 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 throw on this little, you give them one percent of something that they know, and then smother them in ninety nine percent of your own doom, and then they eat it all up, and it's just right. And it's a very tactic to be doing that circle round. You know, I mean, that's what people, what like predators do to confuse their prey basically to yeah. confuse them in their heads all this information and it all tying in but it's not actually making sense i think that's all part of of it you know confuse them scare them make them think that this is their only option and then basically put them down after the fact to keep them to keep them in the position mm-hmm yeah, it really seems like there's just like a lot of big excuses as to why the system doesn't work. I, I did go through their website quite a bit. Well, they have multiple websites. Like their primary one yeah. looks like it was like a GeoCities website made in 1995. And then their other one looks like they just recently like got a WordPress account and know how to use a template. They but, have so many coaches, like a ridiculous amount of coaches, which just said just how successful they actually are right now. Because if they have like, they need 15 people to help coach, they must have a huge, you know, following well, of people that actually are their classes. It's the marketing tactic and the type of people that they prey on. So you're going to go, so people yeah. like this, and this is exact because he's stealing this from the Nexium playbook. Is this is right. this is what things like Nexium and Jeunesse and all those things do? Worldworks. Oh my God, I've got a million stories about Worldworks, which is just another Nexium clone, and th- those things are crazy. You know, you come in thinking that you're going to self affirm, and then they gaslight you and tell you that that's not gaslighting, yeah. and then so they start getting you used to the idea of being gaslit and being told it's not gaslighting, yeah. and then they get you to go do something terrible to yourself or to someone else. Yeah. So then in the case of Twin Flames, it's like you're stalking people or they convince you to change your gender, even though you're not transgendered. So I you're not like, you don't, you already that. have a defined self. And it's just like, wow, like it's one thing if you were going to help somebody find their true self and they actually needed the sex change, that's fine. You're free to do what you want. I, I don't care how people live. Just don't live against other people, you know? Yeah. So, thoughts in their head weren't originally there though yeah that's just oh it's such a disgusting thing to do yeah no it's a terrible thing to do and then it only creates a wider gap between people like me who have the train of thought that i have and then people like you because then it's like how do we find that common ground so we can coexist because i gotta say side note exactly you know that whole industry is bad name you know because a lot of that stuff is some of the advice is great that is what you should do when you're trying to find somebody you know focus on yourself love yourself everything their first videos were really really nice but then yeah it's almost like that was part of the manipulation too is to start off with those really nice videos and it's like going down their rabbit hole and all of a sudden you have no idea where you're at yep and then you're you're just lost and then confused and so you keep going back to the source because your mind's been wiped from reality, so the only thing you can do yeah. is double down. I mean, that's Allison Mack got lost in Nexium for like a quarter of her life, 
because like Ugh. Keith stripped away everything from her that made her hers, so she didn't yep. have any reality to get back to. I hear that she's starting to make statements and saying that she's recognizing like why that was all bad. So I think that she's successfully on her way to being deprogrammed, which is great. Yeah. Um, I know that India Oxenberg is completely deprogrammed. I watched the special on that, which was just like, that was crazy watching her mom just try to like save her and she didn't want to be saved. And then when it finally like got through to her that Keith was going to jail, he had to be a bad person. And I think that that's the way that it's going to go with, with Jeff and Shalia. I mean, shit, they just announced that they're pregnant, which is scary because like, do you know what that means for their religion? What? So, oh, that's like their Jesus then, right? They're, oh, huh. no, it's weirder than that. So Jeff believes that God will bless Shalia with a daughter. And that daughter will become essentially the Holy Spirit in, compor- in corporeal form resting between him and his wife as a celibate third Whoa. in their relationship. The fact, and that's the part that wears me out. So he says that it's going oh, to be. You said that they claim they're celibate. They're celibate in the relationship. No, 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 no. Oh, no. I thought that's what you said. It's... No, like, no. Oh, it... shit. <laughs> no, no, Sarah, listen here for a second. It's worse no. than that. Okay, they claim that the daughter they're going to have will be the third in their relationship as a celibate member. What? Meaning that they will raise the daughter as a platonic lover, or so they state. Which that that's some crazy ass cult level shit that tells me that's that's some like he's trying to like dip into like Mormon polygamy now. So like I think he's wow. trying to. I really think it like because this sounds like that crazy guy in 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 the, in the Southwest down like New Mexico way. There was a guy who like seriously like got his daughters pregnant and then stole his granddaughters and then tried to run off and make more great grandkids with those granddaughters. So I really think that Jeff is using this as a, because why? And so here's the thing. This is my trigger word. Why did he have to say the word celibate? That's already recognizing the sexuality of an unborn child. If you would have just said, ah, we will be at Holy Trinity, like the father and the Holy spirit, and, you know, it's just like, yeah, why would you even, why would your mind go to that, exactly. that twist of it? You are so right. And if yeah. there's anything that white people and Hollywood have taught me is that colonials have a weird fascination with everything fucking by the last chapter and it pisses me off. So when some weird ass guy like this comes out and says, my celibate daughter will be the third in my relationship that tells me he's slowly going to take away that word and then he's going to do something terrible so quite frankly like the american government needs to step in and just like fuck like at this point like the only thing you can do is give him a court dated court mandated abortion which that's like a terrible thing to think of and i'm sure i'm gonna trigger crazy ass republicans and conservatives everywhere by saying that but like or they hit that kid he has the baby like child services take that kid like it, yeah or hopefully uh, they go to jail i have oh. lots of family from michigan and you're from michigan where in that social worker's time are they going to have the ability to knock on the door of a multi-million organization that's probably already got lawyers when it's got to deal with the hotbed of Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I can, I can think about just like two city blocks in Sterling Heights that keep them busy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, oh man. So it's it's you know it's an overwhelmed state. I mean, I mean they had a corrupt governor and a corrupt mayor for how many years, you know? And it's just like, not every place can be like the backwoods of St. Clair Shores or something. And even them, that place is kind of scary on the weekends. So it's like, <laughs> what what do you do? How are you going to stop it? Like, they would seriously, like, he would have to be caught doing some Jeffrey Epstein-level shit, running them into another country to have his way with her, and then he'd get caught or something. But that just, that, like, not many things trigger my brain to go, that's off, and that needs to be investigated. But the fact that he uses that keyword of, she will be our celibate third, and it's just like, he's recognizing the sexuality of his unborn daughter. Which is like the only, yeah, he's gonna, yeah, it's creepy, it's creepy as all hell, and then the fact that, like, he's conditioning, he's grooming his wife to prepare herself for that scenario, and I know you're absolute, and I think that's grooming the hell, yeah, he's very submissive videos, she just kind of just nods along and agrees with whatever he said. That took a long time to get there. Because they huh? almost they almost fell apart a couple times, like to the point of like she almost really? divorced his ass, even though that like they don't believe in divorce. So I think somewhere in there he either compromised her or he managed to brainwash her enough to keep going on the ride, or he's unlocked the supervillain in her and she's now on the ride of her own volition because she recognizes yeah. that she's a terrible person and she wants to double down on it. You know, with all of this crazy coverage of of these guys, and I definitely want to like talk about them more as like they're going to be updates on them regularly because I think that they're a blight on the world. But I think to combat, I think to combat this over like the coming weeks or through the whole discovery process of this, I would really love to get your point of view on the better use of these thoughts and these ideals, and how some people may use part of these transcendental methods to better their lives even though i may not believe in them but seeing the action of people affirming their lives and moving forward from the perspective of people like you who know the parts that aren't crazy and know the parts that are and know how to skirt that line you know yeah yeah because i think a lot of the information of their like manifesting is actually pretty spot on and that's why i think it could be very manipulative like let's say people like like me that are already kind of into that you know growth um hearing them talk that way i think you're automatically like how do i word this like they're trying to get you to really get their i don't know how to word this really let me think well i think what the the what they're selling in that that whole concept is really just it's repackaged animal magnetism. Yes, you know? exactly. They're repackaging something that we already know. They're, so we're already familiar. We're already, yep. We already know how it works. They're repackaging and really, something I do, that even honestly, science already knows. Yeah. I'm a 100% believer that what you put out is what you get and putting out good vibes and putting out love. Like, And I feel like my own life literally is... Uh, shows that it works because I've been doing it for years. So I do think there is really great 
information that they are passing off, but in, but it, like you said, packaged in a crazy way. Yeah, for so, $2,222 a year or $130 a month. Right? A lot of these people that they're saying the same exact little, you know, manifestation techniques, you can just find on YouTube for free. There's so many people yep. like that that are giving it for free because they feel like that is their gift. That is how they're spreading their love is actually just giving information rather than these people that are trying to, you know, exploit it and benefit and, and, and make money off of people. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people that can follow to get this type of information that they can really utilize in their own life. And I think I a hundred percent am a believer in manifestation. Well, you know, I think cosmically there's something there. I think as people start to understand mm-hmm the tangible relations and how to perceive the intangible things on a, you know, a verifiable level in order to see that change. You know, some people just see it a little differently, you know, it's where, where, you know, some people may see the religious aspect of that, that magnetism and that, that pulling it towards you, you know, someone like me sees it as, Oh, well you did this and that affected him because of that. And that affected them because of that. And it's really like, for me, I like to watch yeah. the ripple effect. For me, what what y'all define as like this animal magnetism, I really just call the side effect of aloha. Because it's like, you're just supposed to be... Well, no, and that's exactly it. It's just you know? it's like, it's worded differently. Yep. Because, yeah, it's just putting out good vibes and getting those good vibes back. Yeah. Well, and I mean... Being a good person, so attract good people. You know? So, it's, it's yeah, it's not so much religion as it is like you said a little bit more like science so too yeah i mean i really think that like i i I would love to discuss that more alongside your your spiritual wellness is the essentially the the science of oneness because i think that there's a lot of things that we believe in are the same but i have a perceivably different definition than you might and then it'd be like oh shit okay this is how this is how you figured out the puzzle, and this is how it was taught to you. And then hopefully when I say yep. that, say my version to you, you'd be like, wow, shit, your version of the puzzle is kind of cool too. But like, I can understand why we have two different points of view on this and how they get the same goal. Yep. You know? So yeah. I, I, yeah, I think you nailed it. I yeah. think you nailed it. And yeah. I, I really think that that's an important journey that like America and like people of our generation at large, no matter where you are, I mean, we're kind of at this point of like, we're, we're, we're blown out. We're hungry. We're tired. We're overexposed to all of this pain and vitriol. We, we are, we're in a country that is just fighting a terrible dichotomy inside of itself, a a love, hate of progress and remorse. And people are looking for something, you know? religion religion's just barely starting to kick up again like the trending of christianity was down for many years um again not I, that think I believe in it but back, i think people want hope so i think people are turning so i think that also they're taking advantage of like just yeah our times right now yes. that people are just at a low. and anyone's just looking for anything right now to grasp onto especially love and you know your i have person. to add a butt so, on it though I really have to add a butt on that. I have to add a butt on that remark because there's somewhere in there 
of instant gratification where where American colonial culture has tainted millions of brains. It's the I want transcendence and I want it now. So you've mm-hmm. got people who are obviously discouraged from reality, but then they're told this thing can do it, and then they also think it can do it overnight. You know? Mm-hmm. It's just like mm-hmm. when that, that, that crazy minister gets on TV and tries to sell you a little packet of water and says that it comes with prayers and DNA activation. And it's like, oh, take your DNA activation and shove it up your ass. Like, I no, I don't yeah. want to hear it again. Do not try to sell me some pH balance level alkaline water and tell me that it's going to excite molecules in my brain and tell some primordial ooze level thing that I've never been able to use in my brain and suddenly I'm connected to the fifth dimension. Not how that works. And, and it's really sad <laughs> how impractical most of this hippie rhetoric plugs into like 10% of like truth and then exploits the 90% area that most people don't understand. So then there's, you know, so that's why, like, I, I really, I don't, one thing that, like, I can't believe just, like, went insane while I was gone from Maui for those 18 years was coming back and, like, I mean, there was yoga retreats and stuff like that before, but, like, I came home and I found out that, like, people believe in Atlantis and Lumeria Okay. Like area, yep. I think that the, like that makes I tr- I have to stop myself from laughing at them. There's a lot of people that think that they're descended from Lumeria. It's really dumb. It's like people really are all sad. Back. Yeah, that people are it's all back really here. Sad. And that there's a portal. I'm not even joking. I've heard oh, this no, I know. I know you're not. I know you're not. And what that is? That's what? actually that's actually a bastardization of a, of an actual Polynesian mythos. So this is again where where time and history have distorted what was once a cultural ideal or fact and then turned it into a modern lie that someone's resold and repackaged to each other. Because, see, so that that barrier, that membrane that reaches the ether, in in Hawaiian Mm -hmm. mythology we call that the kaho'okui. That's where the that's where the xenosphere and heaven meet. And that's supposed to be the place where, okay. like, if you if you tried to go to space and then your body was willing, you could transcend the space between you and the stars and visit the Kahokui and go through that bridge on the in-between. <laughs> and so that... Like, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Wow. No, I can get that's down with some Hawaiian mysticism, and I love talking about it and where it comes from. But then the bigger thing is what leads us to the why it doesn't exist anymore and then how we shifted to science afterwards. Like, I mean, Hawaii as a nation was bound to be atheist by the 1400s. If it wasn't for colonial slavers and religion, like look at the key aspects of our society where scientists and, and naval captains of the Pacific 3000 years before everybody else. No, we, we, we were ready to, to go beyond like the silliness of religion a long time ago. But the Catholic Church had other mm-hmm. plans for us, and so did Mormons. So, but I mean that aside, like what, like the Lumerian thing, and I feel feel that that ties into this Twin Flames thing because that's the kind of stupid shit that Jeff and Shalia picked up while they were in Hawaii, and then you know, and they, they just add it to their little cabinet of of devilish yeah. deception, you know. And so then, like, I definitely want to cover that Lumeria thing. Like, I think people need to like understand where that comes from, where the lie comes from. 
Uh, did you know most of the... We definitely dive into that in an upcoming episode soon because I always thought that was super interesting too, like this Lumeria and it was like Atlantis, but it was in between Oahu and Maui. Yep. And, and like we'll they were see, super that, and, Yeah, there's all of these like... That is an exclusively about it. Hawaii, Hawaii thing that people are saying that because all of that like Lumeria with Atlantis mythos is actually attached... Uh-huh. To part of the Hollow Earth theory, so you know the yeah, people so who think that aliens, right? Yeah, All the yeah, aliens, yes, Start yes. With and do you know who invented Kevin. that crazy religion to thinking that the whole Lumeria thing and the the Hollow Earth and all that stuff? You know who invented that? Yeah, a forty-five-year-old yeah. woman in Mount Shasta. Interesting. Yep, and she wrote, and so then she wrote a book. And she came out and she said, as a being overtook my body and I and I wrote this book on their behalf. And then so what started as some like mm-hmm. crazy, just like science fiction tale that she was telling turned into she believed it as a religion. No different than L. Ron Hubbard believing that what he was coining was was a religion when he made Scientology. So mm-hmm. like that's that's the oh, that's saddest part is like there is Scientology. There is, I'm really confused. About, oh, know, oh, we, we need to do that. a Scientology episode. Episodes, episodes. No, I, yeah, I want to make it a thing to regularly cover cults. Cults fascinate me. I also think that they're one of the tipping points in society. They're a sign of pressure. They're a canary in the coal mine. Yeah, if you will. I really feel that as cult popularity goes up, that's the sign that America or at least a place or a people is not supplying the real psychological needs or spiritual needs that are actually necessary to like find your oneness. Right. If people are so susceptible to it, then obviously, yeah, yeah, as a society, we're doing something wrong. Yep. Well, and then, so then here's the funnier part is like to go even further back from the crazy lady in Mount Shasta who believes the earth is hollow. Do you know where Atlantis comes from? Where it comes from? Yeah, the where where no. the idea of Atlantis comes from. No. Mm-mm. Plato, the, the yes, the I do know philosopher. that. How did yes. you say that? I do. So um, yes. Yeah, so, so in Plato's Lost Dialogue, he actually tells the story of Atlantis, and what everybody yeah. back then totally understood. And here, I'm going to break it down for you. Very simple. The story of Atlantis is essentially a 4,000-year-old, or how many, I, I'll get an exact date later, but either way, in the time of Plato, that was equivalent to an Onion article. <laughs> the story of Atlantis is a meta-diatribe against the follies of the current times, in Plato's time. It was his way of remarking on the government without calling it the government. Essentially, Atlantis Uh, Atlantis represented a a metropolis of the world, and it was his way mm -hmm. of speaking against the world without essentially being censored by the world. So that people looked inside themselves while looking at... It's like reading a story about Superman and going to Metropolis and seeing all the pain and the anguish in Metropolis and how he fixes it and stuff like that. That is it's practically no different from the story of Atlantis. And so then mm-hmm. so then the funny part is is this dialogue was like thrown away for centuries because nobody really it was like okay that's a cute short story. It's it's a funny meta diatribe. It's a critique on life. Well, sooner or later, you ignore something for a few centuries, people pick it up, and they don't have context. Yeah. 
So then enter the yep. modern American and they pick up the story of Atlantis and they don't even read like a real copy of the lost dialogue and translate or anything, which actually I do have a copy of, and I would love to read on air sometime. I have that. And like yeah. the journals of Marcus Aurelius, those are really great things. Like, and you can get reprints of those because those come from a major time in history where a lot of things were like bolted down and, and, and covered and, and put in print. And, you know, so that, these are things that you can read the the transcriptions of the originals. You know, they're not in their original language. They're digestible in English. But when yeah. you sit down and you read the story of Atlantis, you really remark, oh, okay, I can kind of get how this is like he's telling his story and he's trying to make his point. But then so a few yeah. centuries pass and someone picks it up without context and now you have a bunch of American children believing that there's a hole in the ground that leads to a place that's never existed. It's a history game of telephone, basically. Yes, yes, it is. Very much so. That's that's a great analogy because eventually, like, you keep you keep telling this story, eventually a little part crumbles off, and then the next thing you know it, it's all replaced with the lie, and you're never even talking about the real thing. And then that's what makes me sad Dang, because yeah. like I've talked with quite a few Lemurian believers on Maui. And their eyes glaze over the second I tell them the truth. So you can't tell them the truth. You can't even hand them a copy no. of Plato's Last Dialogue. I believe that. And there's probably, yeah, no. If they're, they're like, nope, I'm Lemurian. Yeah. There's, no, that's no crazy. And it's like, no, you're not. You're actually like, if you're if you're Kanaka, there's a really good chance that you're probably like Thai. And, but that's by way of a few centuries of the Cradle of Africa. Because what most people don't understand is actually the codex for the for Olelo actually matches an ancient binary codex from the Cradle of Africa. So over a course of centuries, we evolved from the African origin point and then came through Asia, mixed with the hominids of Asia through the second cradle, which there are, as far as science knows, there are essentially like four hominids of man, meaning that there are four cradles of life. So then with those, they mixed. So Africa and Asia mix, and then those people go mm-hmm. to the Pacific and live in the islands and populate the islands. So that's, you know, mm-hmm. New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, the Philippines, all that stuff. And as it expands and explodes over time, those people evolve into being different human beings. But if you really trace it back at its core root, there's not much of, like, if you went back a thousand years, the relative blood quantum difference between a Tahitian and a Hawaiian would be nothing Mm -hmm. because eventually we all trace back to the same spawning point. Right. And that's why at the end of the day, I don't know why anybody fights over what the hell the color of their skin is because we're all just evolved from the same four different. Exactly. So it don't matter if you're Popolo or you Pake, you stay Japanese or you Portuguese. We all come from the same four different pieces of goop. And we've all commingled yep. enough to where, like, I mean, there's there's a degree to which everybody is related on a 0.01% scale because we all uh-huh. come from the same matter and on the same planet, you know? Carbon-based life forms yep. from the same origin point. Yep. You know? And so I, I think that, that as, uh, as our show progresses... And we we go further down these separate rabbit holes. It'd be great at times to come back to them. I really like the idea of going on a understanding the spiritual journey with you. 
uh, from a non-spiritual person's That's side, it. which actually uh, that that will uh, that will bring a, a special guest, uh, a shout out to Mister uh, Stephen Sampson, if you're listening out there. We're we're gonna need you for that episode. I've had quite a few good talks. That is probably one of my favorite Christians out there, and he he's got a good way to throw it down to make a man of science understand. So um, so hopefully we'll see him. Um, yeah. Sarah, do you have anything to add on this before we walk away? I think we, we went far enough down the rabbit hole that we left Twin Flames, and then we focused on, well, yeah, eventually we the... Yeah, we did it. We really did it. We went down the rabbit hole and tangented to it. Yep. Down that rabbit hole. Well, let's climb out of the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't really have anything to add. Um, We're just going to keep on following um the Twin Flame universe couple to see how that goes. And yeah, if they have that baby. Yeah. Yeah, let's we'll see how that baby goes. I yeah, just, let's I wanna, definitely follow that. I just want to find a corrupt that, state official and just make them get rid of me. What? what was that? I said I just want. I I feel sorry for that baby. I just like they need to, no. Too. Someone needs to stop them from having that baby. Somebody needs to take over that baby. But I I trampled right over there. What fight. What do you got to say? Send us out, Miss. Send us out. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to us today. We've got a really awesome guest and episode um, already planned for next week. So make oh, sure you yeah. tune in. And yeah, tune in That's week. right. Tune in next week. We're going to have uh, Patty Lee Silva and uh, yeah. one of her great cohorts. I believe he's available. So don't completely quote me on this, but I believe we will also have uh, her collaborator and the, the writer, the brain behind Ocean Black. And oh, yeah, beautiful. I love it. It it's it seems amazing. Yeah. It's got these great hints of like the Avatar Airbender universe. So it's got a great like Nickelodeon anime feel. And then it's got Ooh. one of my favorite up and comings is is a voice actor, Miss Patty Lee Silva. So I think it's gonna be great. We're gonna cover some great topics. I... We'll probably ask her what she thinks yeah. about the crazy twin flame people. That might be like an ongoing thing to oh. just like ask people and just like yeah. bring it up enough to where like maybe it pisses off Jeff and Shalia and they come after us. That'd be fun. That'd be Oh really my gosh, fun. maybe they can come on our show and yeah, they can talk to us themselves. No. You know, I I'll interview Ooh, I, them. I, I'll interview them after they get convicted. That's what I I'll, I'll do the jail cell interview. I don't think if we if we put them on a platform with us, they would just get more followers at that point because it would give them access to more silly Hawaiians that believe in Lumerian theory and twin flames and all those crazy things. And I just, oh, I'm trying to save my people, true. not get them in trouble. And it's not like I'm trying to say that, like, I want to like unbrainwash everybody, but like, if you, whatever crazy things you believe in, we're going to keep that intact. I just want to keep y'all safe yep. from these crazy ass howly cults that invade, wow. the, <laughs> that invade the islands every once in a while. I mean, we just got rid of that love is one cult. It's- once in a while, I remember one time in Kauai, like two years ago, a cult just got kicked off in Kauai, which was Love crazy too. They were doing some I followed stuff. them, yes. They and then they went back to the mainland, and then guess what happened? The lady, the lady that was like running that cult, she like died in her room or whatever, and they like just left the body there for a few weeks and just bloated corpse, like because they just woof weird shit. shit yeah no we'll we'll do a little highlight Ew. on the love is one cult there's a Ew. lot of, there's actually a lot of weird cults that have come to Kauai and oahu uh a couple that have been on Maui. uh there's actually quite a few documentaries that cover them uh, I'll, I'll i'll get you some reading lists some watching lists we'll share some stuff on Please. the feed um 
once again, guys, thank you for following us. Uh, smash that uh, the follows, the likes, the subscribes buttons everywhere uh, that you podcast okay, and listen yeah. to podcasts. Um, make sure to follow us on Facebook at Rabbits on Sunday. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy ride, and we're glad you're on it with us. So until next week, I'm Kavika. This is Sarah. Peace out. Bye. Rabbit Holes is a Manavacal production. This episode was produced by Kavika Hoke and Sarah Rodriguez. Make sure to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platforms to add our weekly episodes to your queue.